0: Good morning, welcome to this assembly. I'm going to read Proverbs 17 and verse 6 in just a moment or two. And then after that, we will be in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. Proverbs 17:6, followed by Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. Well, I'm going to deal with a topic today previously announced, that touches every person in this audience to some extent. I hope this subject reaches you in positive ways. When we preach from scripture, our purpose is always learning, commitment, progress in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Everybody has a set of parents and therefore grandparents. Some of you have ongoing valuable relationships with grandparents. I'm certain there are grandparents here who enjoy good relationships with their grandchildren. So at any angle or aspect, this subject touches every person in this audience to some extent. The Bible says in Proverbs 17 and verse 6, grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their father. In this statement and many others like it in the Bible, God speaks to the value of this grand relationship. And this morning, we're going to use the Bible to answer the very simple question, what is grandparenting? The Bible is a family-centered book. Marriage, parenting, the obedience and respect of children toward their parents, the value of the family unit, the spiritual dimension, of being a family, the role of grandparents, those are repeated themes all through Scripture. We need to have that knowledge. And these, these passages we're going to bring up are telling us that God wants there to be rich, valuable, active relationships for the good of the family unit, for everybody involved. And so we're going to use the Bible this morning to answer this question, what is grandparenting? It's not parenting. You have Genesis 2.24 in front of you now, where it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, this is something so simple, it could have been missed. When your children marry, it says here, they leave father and mother. Now, you still call them your kids. You will love them as always hopefully, you will see them often and maintain a healthy relationship and have them near you in the end. Yes to all of that. But when your children marry, it says here they leave father and mother. The parental authority that you had that started back before birth changes when your children marry. It says it right here, shall leave his father and his mother. Now, this may be one of the early challenges of being a grandparent. You're no longer a parent to your married children in the sense you were in their early life. And if that is clear, it is certainly true You are not the parents of your grandchildren. I know when you first hold that first grandchild in your arms, you carefully embrace that precious life. One of your first thoughts might be, especially mothers, to say to that baby, I'm going to take care of you no you're not not in the primary sense mommy and daddy have that job by the way i understand there are exceptions to the rule where grandparents must become parents either either sometimes with court-awarded custody but we don't have time this morning to cover all the contingencies and possible exceptions in the ideal circumstance Mommy and daddy have the role that you used to have. Your children have the role toward their children that you used to have. Now you can help as help is accepted. You can serve in an advisory and consultant capacity. Be real careful about that. You can exert good influence. That, in fact, is your primary task, as we will see. But the day-to-day care of that baby is for your children, who are now parents. Grandparenting is not parenting. There is what might be called a fine line between grandparenting and parenting that everybody needs to be clear about before the relationship begins, and Genesis 2.24 helps us. Legally and scripturally, you have no authority as a grandparent. The terminology sends that signal. Parenting and grandparenting are not the same terms and not the same relationship. I think there is a reality that could be documented all the way through human history that the older generation doesn't think the young folks quite have it right. And on the other end of that, the young folks are tempted to think mom and dad are just old school, old-fashioned, and just very strange. And that can come into play in our relationship with our kids who have children. We who are older may fight that propensity to intrude and say to our children, that's not the way we did it in 1962. And the younger generation may find it very easy to say back to us, this is not 1962. We know what we're doing. See, this is an authority issue, a delicate one. Grandparents are no longer parents to their married children. And so must guard against intrusion into their parenting. Uh, There will be times when your first impulse is to jump in and offer time and money and advice or all three. That's not always the best response. It is emotional and quick, but may not be the best. Sometimes the wise course is to hold back, stay out of it, let your kids figure it out. Advise, consult, and help and support buy the high chair for your house and all that. But be clear that you are now grandparents, not parents, and the distinction is on about the second page of the Bible. What is grandparenting? It is generational concern with names. Generational concern with with names. This time, be turning to 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. As Christians, there is a commitment we have generally for the next generation. I mean, we are concerned about all the next generation. All the younger people we know and can influence, we have a concern about them that they will give up sin and turn to God and live for God. It is our desire to leave a good spiritual legacy to the next generation, to pass on the torch. God has given us that obligation. For example, in Psalm chapter 78, tell the coming generation, we want to be good ancestors using God's Word to make an impression on all the young people we know. I refer sometimes to Second Peter about that, where Peter said even after his death, he wanted the next generation to remember the truth of the gospel that he preached and wrote. So that is a given. As Christians, there is a commitment we have to the next generation. I'll be in Dallas a couple of days this week to help younger preachers we want there to be faithful preachers and elders and parents to carry on the lord's work after we've left the walks of men but there's something much closer than that general concern there's someone or some ones closer in 2 Timothy 1 in verse 5 one of the well-known examples on this subject where Paul wrote to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. I want to talk about Lois. What was in Lois's heart that is implied in everything you read about Timothy and in 2 Timothy 1.5? Do you think Lois said to herself, I want younger people to be sound in the faith and sincere in the faith. Of course she had that commitment. But the immediate, the close commitment she had, had a name. Timothy. I believe in Lois's heart there was this clarity that was personal. I believe she was able to say to herself, there is one young man close to me I can help, and I must, and I will, without intruding. I can't talk to all the young people in the world. I have no voice across the universal church in terms of direct influence. But here before me, Lois is saying to herself, is my grandson Timothy I'll make this personal my role as a grandfather finds its direct realm of activity and influence with Jazan, Julian, Kiera, Ryan, Amata, Allison, Justin, Jockton, and Eden my concern about the future generation Has names. I have responsibility that ought to find expression in my family to the best of my ability without being a parent again, without intruding, but with well thought out influence and love and relationship and conversation and leadership by example. If, grandparents, you are serious about leaving a spiritual legacy for the next generation and passing on the torch, that responsibility begins with those whose noses you wipe, whose car seats you bought, whose ears hear you pray around the table. Grandparenting is generational concern with names this strong affectionate general concern that you have for your grandchildren and the next generation may be accompanied by disappointment because you cannot make your children be Christians and you cannot make your grandchildren be Christians God expects effort But there is no secure guarantee that everybody in your family will fulfill the hope that you have about their relationship with God. There can be deep, long-standing disappointment about the choices your children or your grandchildren make contrary to your wishes, contrary to God's will. Listen to me carefully. The devil will try to use that to distract you and crush you and tempt you to just quit. Before that storm hits, and I pray it doesn't, fortify yourself with the courage God imparts through obedient faith and keep the devil out of your head. When your kids go astray or your grandkids go astray, don't let that be an opportunity for the devil. Do all you can to prevent spiritual and moral crisis while knowing that you can't make people do what is right, nor should you feel guilty when you've applied to the full extent of your ability the effort God requires. Grandparenting is generational concern with names. While we desire to exert a good spiritual influence on all young people we know, there are those close to us who have names, and our love for them should prompt prudent effort to expose them to Jesus Christ and what He can do for their lives. 2 Timothy 1 again. This time I'll read verses 3 through 7. Grandparenting is memory-making. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. Paul to Timothy is what this is. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Look at everything in this text that has to do with memory. Paul remembered his ancestors serving the Lord. Paul remembered his good relationship with Timothy. Paul remembered emotional moments with Timothy. Paul remembered the influence of Timothy's grandmother and mother. Now Paul says what? I remind you, memory has value in serving the Lord. We sing about it. Precious memories. Memory and faith are connected in the Lord's Supper, notably. In the Old Testament, we read of significant memorials erected for the next generation to remember something that happened. Now, this may be a tough question. When your grandchildren are older and you are gone, what will they say about you? What will their memories be? And what influences will those memories hold in their relationship with God? Will it sound something like this? Grandpa was a grumpy sort, never said much to his grandkids, just sat there and told us to get out of the way of the TV. Grandma was always yelling at my mom and telling her what she ought to be doing. When they started arguing, I always went outside. My grandparents came to church only on Sunday morning and on the way home they always complained about the song leader and the preacher. Those are not the memories you want your grandchildren to have. Those memories will not contribute to their relationship with God. What about these memories? Imagine. Oh how I remember my grandfather praying. He would tell the Lord about all the sick folks. He would thank the Lord for all the food and for the church and for us. He would ask the Lord to keep us in peace. And you could tell he meant every word. Or my sweet grandmother always serving people. She read the Bible with us. She was happy to see us at church. Folks, listen to me. Whatever you want your grandchildren to say about you after you're gone, it's going to be based on what you're doing now. How are you living before them now? The words and actions that constitute your life with your children's children whatever you want them to remember later that will contribute to their relationship with God, you've got to be doing that now. Well, I want to give us some action points that will lead us to action, and then I want to tell a story and bring this to an end. You hear all this, and one reaction is statements like, this that are very general. I, I like what Brother Berkeley said about grandparenting. This study was beneficial. Amen. What you have to do is get down to specific actions. What are you gonna do? I want to help us. Number one, <clears throat> revisit your role, grandparents. Think about and talk about it together, grandpa and grandma Are you attempting to be parents again? Are you intruding and creating resentment? Are there good steps you haven't been taking that you can start taking toward better influence? I can't dictate what those steps need to be. I can highly recommend that you have these conversations. Don't let this just pass by as another sermon that has been commended. Turn it into specific actions. And that means you'll have to talk about it. Number two, consider the value of one-on-one time with your grandchild. I tell you what Paul and I have learned. It's one thing to be with a group, taking a bunch of them on road trips or to the zoo or a lectureship that a church is having somewhere. Keep all that. But carve out some time for one-on-one, just you and the grandchild. Do something that grandchild likes to do that's beneficial. I know the word bonding is worn out, but you don't bond so much with a group like you do with one. They are all different and they need different kinds of attention to lead them in the right direction. There may be things better learned at grandma's house than on a pew or at a camp. Number three, let your children and grandchildren hear you pray and read the Bible. When you are gone, what do you want your surviving family members to remember? Do you want them to remember that they talked about church and the Bible and prayer but never did it? Create spiritual memories for the next generation in your family. I promised a final story. <clears throat> in Zimbabwe, a man named Dixon Chabanda. Is one of very few psychologists in the entire country of Zimbabwe and there's a growing crisis there among single mothers who are suffering with depression and a high suicide rate because in their youth they were abused in many cases they became mothers without their consent no fathers to help high poverty Mr. Chibanda confronted that crisis and wanted to do something to help those women. Widespread need of trained counselors was before him, but there were not enough even to begin to train people to go out and help these women. And when he first started thinking about this and searching for a solution, there were only 12 psychologists in the whole country of Zimbabwe travel and expense and time and training they just couldn't make much progress and so Dixon Chibanda decided the need could be met if they train people out in the villages to be counselors local people and they sat around the table and began to think about that all these psychologists who is qualified to be quickly trained and be available to listen to young women and give them some encouragement Needs to be someone available, someone compassionate, someone willing to devote time to the training and the counseling. And Chibanda and his associates were talking about this, and immediately the answer came up in unison. Grandmothers. So they trained these local grandmothers, And they set these benches out in the villages and designated places where young women could go to receive help and encouragement. The results were remarkable. And similar projects are being implemented in other third world countries and even in the United States. Grandmothers have a sensitivity and a warmth and a mind to serve that can be applied with such incredible result. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. Proverbs seventeen six. Let us pray. Gracious Father, help us serve the next generation, especially those in our families who so need the impact of our joyous influence and good example. Be with those parents and grandparents who are suffering disappointment and anxiety. May we encourage one another with love and good works, and may we never dismiss the hope of the ultimate family reunion in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's be standing to sing.